Welcome to All Cats Are Gray in the Dark. I'm your host, April Simmons. This podcast contains true cases of graphic violent crimes and other stories of a dark nature. Please be advised that due to the subject matter and violent, sometimes sexual content and obscene language, this podcast is not for children or the faint of heart. Come in. Why did it just say the recording is finished? I pressed uh, I pressed record and it said this recording is finished. I'm like, no, it's not. Finished. Um, yeah, no, it's not. It's going for me. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. This is part two of the Dolly A strike story, which is very uh interesting. But we are now just now about to get to the actual crime. The first episode was spent backstory backstory and what the fucking the backstory <laughs> like what the hell is this story it's weird so let me All catch right. you up if you just happen yeah. to miss that you know this lady's married married rich lady keeping a young dude as a sex a lady. man boy yeah a man boy in her attic for years and years and years carrying on an affair right up under her husband's nose and, but the whole story is just really interesting, so I recommend you you go back and listen to that before you listen to this one. Yes. Um, you want to start us out today, Sabs? Yeah. Otto had spent many years as a secret lover of Dolly, and most of that time as a resident in her and Fred's attic, unknown to Fred, when a crisis erupted in a most terrible way. It was August 22nd, 1922. The A-Strikes had been out for the evening. They were quarreling when they returned home. Otto heard the noisy row. Then he heard a loud thud and the sound of Dolly screaming. Otto thought Fred was beating Dolly. Actually, she had just slipped on a throw rug. That's he how, grabbed. That's how I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed two 25 caliber guns and rushed down the stairs. So he's got guns up there. All right. It is important to note. At this point that Fred was never able to tell his version of the next events, all we have to go on are the words of Dolly and Otto, plus the physical evidence. According to the stories told by both Dolly and Otto, Fred recognized Otto as the culprit he had found in his home before, leisurely helping himself to a generous leg of lamb. (laughs) Flying into a rage, Fred tackled Otto, grabbing for the guns, then putting his hands around Otto's neck. One or both guns went off, and a panicked Otto pulled the trigger again and again, shooting Fred a total of three times. Fred lay dead on his living room floor. What could they do? Otto believed they could make it appear that burglars had intruded into the family home and murdered the husband. For once, he gave the orders and a frightened dolly complied. Otto divested Fred's corpse of the diamond-studded chain watch, then locked dolly into a closet, tossed the key on the floor, and scurried back upstairs to his familiar refuge. A neighbor had heard the shots and phoned the police, who arrived shortly. Fred! Oh, Fred! They heard Dolly tearfully cry from the behind the closet door of the couple's bedroom. The key to it was on the carpet a few feet from the door. Uh, the chief of the detective, de- detectives, I can't talk apparently today. 
The, the chief of detectives, Herman Klein, was on the scene at the A strike home that night. He took an immediate dislike to Dolly. She was too immaculately dressed and carefully made up for a one woman of 55 in his rather old-fashioned opinion. So she should have just looked like an ugly old lady. I don't, I kind of take offense to that. But anyway, yeah. it was the 20s. So I guess whatever. Um, Alan Hine described what happened as the interrogation began. He began her questioning her and her his suspicions were ratcheted up. Did you and your husband ever quarrel? Never, she instantly replied. Like everybody fights. Come on now. Um, yeah, for real. I love my husband, but we fight. We fight infrequently, but when we do fight, it's usually pretty ugly. <laughs> Let's yeah. face it. Um, Same. So he asked not even a little bit, and she remained firm on this. There had been no arguments between herself and the late Fred. Klein knew that all couples have spats. Why would someone claim otherwise? He knew she must be a liar and have something to hide. The chief and other officers carefully inventoried the residence. Only one item could be identified as missing the husband's diamond-studded watch. However, the dead man's wallet was still in his pocket stuffed with cash. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Klein got nowhere with Dolly. His attempts to trip her up and catch her in a lie or a contradiction all failed. Later, he would describe her as the toughest name I ever saw. Okay. When the crime lab came back to report that Fred was done in by 25... Klein was convinced that something was wrong with Dolly's burglar story. No burglar uses a 25 caliber gun. Why, that's a woman's gun. But attempt, I take offense to that too. But anyway, yeah, but attempts to prove Dolly's guilt were fruitless. There was one seemingly insurmountable problem with her having murdered her husband, and that was the question of how she could have locked herself in the closet from the outside. So I, I guess that was a smart move on Otto's part. Because, yeah. But I, I guess I take offense to the gun thing because I used to own a twenty two, and that's considered not a deadly gun by most people, and it is a deadly gun. Like, it's still a gun, and it's yeah. still shoot bullets. And honestly, more people are killed by twenty twos because they underestimate them, and also because it, if it gets inside, like, say, your head, mm -hmm. uh, it just bounces around in there. And causes okay. more damage because it bounces around inside of somebody. I'm so, just not even going to pretend to know about guns. I just feel like any gun can be used. I mean, if someone's willing to steal a diamond watch or break into a home, they probably stole them guns too. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, just that doesn't make sense to me. I could understand using it as like a thought process, but really just still say like saying it wasn't a burglar because it was this type of gun that just seems counterproductive to me you want to read the next part yeah fred's close friend and business associate fred <laughs> kuhn said he was certain a burglar had killed fred he was one of the most loved men i have ever known huh <laughs> kuhn commented to the la times as far as i know he didn't have an enemy in the world Telling those assembled that he and his wife frequently socialized with the A-Strikes, Kuhn went on to say that Mr. A-Strike was probably the cause of me moving here, and now that he is gone, it seems everything worthwhile that was here when he was alive has faded away. It was the greatest blow of our lives when we learned last night he had been killed. I'm sure it is a, I'm sure it is a case of burglary. Gay lovers. Just saying. I was thinking that, too. I was like, is there more to that story? Because this guy's, <laughs> like, gushing about him. Yeah. 
Herman Klein kept plugging away at the baffling case while the widow was free to get on with her life. And get on with it she did. Once again she moved. She told others that she wanted to get away from the awful memory of Fred's killing. She moved to a smaller home on North Beachwood Drive. The year 1923 began with Otto moving into yet another attic. He no longer had to hide from Fred, but he had more reason than ever to want to hide from the world. Dolly tried to settle her late husband's estate. She hired attorney Herman Shapiro. Dolly was a sensuous woman, and the two began flirting, then progressed to dating. During a meeting, Dolly pulled an obviously expensive diamond-studded man's watch out of her purse. She handed it to Shapiro and said, Here, I want you to have this. It belonged to dear Fred. What a... But... But... (sighs) Yeah, she's dumb. She handed a piece of evidence to her lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Later, she set about getting rid of the guns that had been used in her husband's killing. (laughs) She had just started a relationship with an actor. Wait, what? Yeah. She, She handed him a twenty-five caliber revolver he knew at least part of the story of fred's violent demise she assured him that she had nothing to do with her husband's death but feared having the gun would incriminate her even though she was innocent her friend indicated that he did understand was happy to take it off her hands he went to la brea tar pits and tossed it chief of detectives herman klein somehow learned that shapira was walking around with a diamond studded watch suspicions aroused Klein had a talk with the attorney who obligingly reported the story of the grateful Dolly and her generous gift. He also handed the watch to Klein, who took it to Dolly. She suddenly developed amnesia. I've never seen it before, she insisted. Aha! Klein was certain he could prove her a liar. The conscientious detective traveled to Milwaukee where he visited good jewelry stores until he found the one that had sold that watch to Fred. He returned home to arrest the widow for first-degree murder. Yep. As a shock, Dolly suffered her first days in jail. Her actor friend read about the arrest in the newspapers. Frightened, he went to Klein and told him the story of the 25 he had been given and told to dispose of. Klein was elated. All of the pieces of this puzzle were finally falling into place. What do you? What did you do with the gun? I tossed it in the tar pits, the actor replied. <laughs> Klein's heart sank. Jesus Christ, he said barely. Jesus Christ, he said bitterly. There's not much of a chance of finding it as finding a snowball in hell. (laughs) There's my detective voice for you guys. Nice. (laughs) Sources differ as to whether Klein's people were able to recover a 25 caliber from the tar pits. Klein wrote in The Attic Lover that they dragged them in vain, but Cecilia Rasmussen wrote in the Los Angeles Times on July 12th, 1923, 11 months after the murder, police found the gun near the oozing tar. Rasmussen also said that a neighbor with whom Dolly had deposited a second gun went to the police with it. However, both guns were too rusted to determine whether they had fired the fatal bullets. Hmm. So she did enough damage to them that they couldn't yeah. identify whether they were the gun, what either one was the gun. Shapiro visited Dolly behind bars. Apparently, she was unaware of the crucial role she had played in getting he uh, the crucial role he had played in getting her there. For she seemed to still regard him as a trusted friend. She told him that she had a very special favor to ask. In her home, there was a trap door leading to the attic. It was on the second floor, located in the side the closet. There, she wanted Shapiro to take a generous bag of groceries to her home and knock three times on the trap door. 
A man would answer the wraps, she explained, and take the groceries. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, what? <sighs> the whole thing sounded crazy to Shapiro, the lawyer I'm adding in for those who missed that. Nevertheless, he bought the groceries and made the trip to the closet on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? She seems so smart in the beginning of this story. I know. And then you're like, the hell were you thinking, lady? Yeah. But just wait, just wait. It gets so much better in a bad way. <laughs> Go ahead and read some more. Alan Hind, Hind describes the scene. The door to the attic opened and a man said, hello, Herman. Don't be afraid of me. Apparently he knew of Dolly's friend and may even have been expecting this visit. Middle-aged at the time, the still slim and slightly built Otto peered down at the stranger bearing the full grocery bag. Otto slid out of the attic and onto a shelf. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird mental picture. Yeah. The attorney introduced himself and Otto gratefully accepted the groceries. Glad to meet you, Otto said, extending his hand for a shake. Miss Astrike has told me a lot about you. On another visit to Dolly, Shapiro reminded her that he was a civil he was a civil, not a criminal attorney, and could not be expected to handle her murder case. So she hired the flamboyant Frank Dominiquez, a smart and outspoken lawyer who did spe- specialize in criminal cases. Dominiquez heard nothing about the man in the attic from his client. However, Shapiro told him about Otto and Dominiquez insisted that Shapiro get Otto out of his attic residence. Otto vacated reluctantly when he understood the implications for Dolly. In court, things were looking up for Dolly. Dominiquez moved for a dismissal of the murder charge. Much to the chagrin of Herman Klein, the judge granted it. No weapon could be linked to the killing. There were no eyewitnesses and no confession. The stolen watch that had so mysteriously turned up was too thin a reed upon which to rest a murder case. It seemed that the slaying of Fred was destined to remain a mystery. Apparently, the extraordinary love of Dolly and Otto had finally spent itself. Dolly continued to date Shapiro, who gave her an ultimatum. She could no longer see Otto. She agreed to it on the condition that Shapiro help Otto find work. According to Fallen Angels by Marvin J. Wolf, Marvin J. Wolf and Catherine Mader, Shapiro took San Uber to San Francisco and found him a job as a janitor. From there, he went to Vancouver, Canada, where he worked as a porter. He soon married a Canadian woman. After a time, he returned to L.A. with his wife. He found another hotel porter's job, one where he worked nights and retired to sleep before the sun rose. <laughs> Still attic life, man. Yeah. He made no contact with his former lover. Somewhere along the way, he changed his name to Walter Klein, and it was under that name that he married his wife, Matilde. Matilda. Seven years passed before Klein got a break in the case. In 1930, Shapiro appeared at the police station. He and Dolly had had a falling out over money, he told them. He claimed that she had threatened him. Thus, he had drawn up the affidavit that he was turning over to them. That affidavit affidavit contained the story allegedly told to Shapiro by Otto. The polite, quiet, and sunshine-averse Otto was employed in another Los Angeles apartment house as a porter. He was arrested for murder. So was his former lover, Dolly. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Shouldn't have burned that Shapiro, man. I don't understand why Shapiro obviously had to realize that 
she at least had a hand in her husband's death or whatever after yeah. all the fucking proof is just <laughs> yeah. basically given to him. Um, so why the hell did he keep dating her? I what like I don't understand. She must have had some sexy sex control. But I just like that's all I can think of is it's yeah. just it sounds like she was not a normal woman for that time and dudes were like, Heck yes, I will do anything for you. <laughs> yeah. Um here's the the end end of the story here. The jury did not convict him of murder, but did find him guilty of manslaughter. However, the statute of limitations had already expired, leaving him a free man. So Jeez. he did not get convicted for shooting him. And there was nobody to prove that their story wasn't true. Like yeah. They both, both stuck to the, basically the same story of what happened. And yeah. It was considered self-defense, basically, because he claimed that he came at him. And we'll never know if that's true or not, because, yeah. Attorney Jerry Geisler defended Dolly. He was young and little known at the time, but very skilled. The jury was unable to reach a verdict, but the majority was in favor of acquittal. In 1936, the indictment against her was dismissed. So she just got her, her charges were completely dismissed. Yeah. At the time Attic Lover was published in 1958, Dolly was said to be living over a garage in a rundown section of Los Angeles. As noted by Wolf and Mater in Fallen Angels, she passed her last living years living in a sort of attic. Um, Cecilia Rasmussen wrote that Dolly died in 1961, less than two weeks after marrying her second husband, a man she had known for 30 years named Ray Burt Hedrick. He had been her business manager. When she died, all her estate went to Hedrick because of a will drawn up in 1953. It made no mention of Otto. Nothing is known about Otto's life after his release from custody. Perhaps, perhaps he plugged along as a porter or janitor, dashing off the occasional short story and seeing it published. With his gift for total devotion to a woman, it's not unreasonable to suspect that his marriage to Matilda was a happy one. It was certainly superior, superior to his relationship with Dolly as it had no third party to be wronged in that situation. Yeah. I mean, would Otto's wife have taken him back after that though? Like that, that would be my thing. Like they don't know anything after he got released. So do they know that the wife stuck around? <laughs> you know? I guess they don't really know one way or another. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm inclined to believe they were telling the truth. They had plenty of opportunities Throughout all those years, to have to killed him. Their story, oh, and they also well, had no, just to kill him. I mean, like they were doing that for like what ten years or something. Why then? You know, like that didn't make any sense. And if they were getting tired of each other, because it seems like after the murder they were like, "Yeah, this is good. We're done now." Like they could have just broken up. Like I just don't see how the killing of the husband really goes towards their, yeah. The way their way of life like I, I, I'm inclined to believe it. doesn't mean I don't think they should have been convicted and served some time over it they still killed him you know but at the same time I, I, I actually kind of believe him but here's where I'm thinking why did he move back to Los Angeles yeah that's where I'm calling bullshit in the story I think they eventually at least did see each other at some point yeah because why else would he he said 
in his version of the story, he did not like Los Angeles. So he moves to Canada, he meets this woman, marries her, and then moves back to Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't see for him a reason to move back to LA unless it's for her. Or, well, I mean, maybe his wife really wanted to live in LA. I mean, LA was a big, is still a big city and a lot of people want to move there. It could have been like, he begrudgingly did it for his wife, just like he begrudgingly lived in an attic for 10 years, you know, like he could have just, yeah, I mean, it's probably less likely, but maybe that's it. Or maybe maybe it's that simple. Even if they never saw each other again, maybe he still held a torch for her and she's the one that moved on and left him behind because she was, was a rich lady at one point. Um, Obviously she went through that money if she was just living in a garage. But um, so I I think I'm holding on to the idea that they either did see each other at some point, not necessarily to carry on the affair, but maybe, you know, catch up or whatever, because they were together so long, you know, like, I feel like they at least made contact with each other at some point. Yeah. Um, Or he just moved there to be closer to her. Maybe he was hoping they would rekindle at some point. Yeah. And that just didn't happen. I'm not sure, but I, I just feel like he could have for some reason, you know, crazy anyway. man, crazy. All right. Okay. This concludes that episode about that. I, I'm, how do you feel about it? now that you've heard it, that was a, that was a wild ride. I know, it's kind of a roller coaster, isn't it? Like it's, it's a pretty weird one. I, I just kind of like the fact that it's like most of the time, I'm, I mean, I kind of like I attracted to lesser known cases anyway, or just ones that have weird twists to them. And this one, it's just so weird that like the crime itself is kind of five second blurb of the story. Yeah. Like, yeah, they struggled. He got shot. The end. But the rest of the story is just what makes it so freaking interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. The whole situation is weird. Um, anything else to add before we get on with the I list? got nothing. <laughs> That's just crazy, man. Yep. Um, and I haven't heard of it. I've, uh, like, I think I heard of it on one other podcast. It may have been Trail Went Cold. I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me on it. But I there was one other podcast that I've heard that had it, and I've never heard this of this story before. And it's like, I just found it fascinating. And then I found all this added detail, like flat out, like conversational tidbits that from the book or whatever. Yeah. Like, whoa. I love that there was that much detail because we really get a sense of. Yeah. Of at least the majority of the story, except for Fred's point of view, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately. But anyway, let's move on. Today's list is books you want to read but haven't yeah yeah so i think you started last time i'll do the first one this is going to make you go what the fuck my number five i've never read the outsiders Mm. i've never seen the movie either i've never seen the movie either how about how's that for fucked up that's so wrong but it's one of those, like, I've had it on my list. I just kind of forget about it. So that's my number five. What's yours? Animal Farm. Mm. I 
can't remember if I've read so that. almost all of mine are like classics <laughs> because <laughs> I and the sad thing is I literally own every single one of these books I'm gonna list I just haven't gotten to re- around to reading them I didn't finish high school so a lot of this would have been part of that you know <laughs> like part of the normal criteria but didn't do it yeah so wait what was yours animal farm oh yeah yeah yeah. i can't remember if i've read that or not i may have but i don't remember anything about it yeah i've read like 1984 and like fahrenheit 451 or whatever but i haven't read i haven't read animal farm i think i did at some point i can't remember anyway my number four is how haunting of hill house because i love the series and i love the old movie version and like I just want to read some of her stuff in general. It's Shirley Jackson. And um, there's another story, another one she wrote called The Lottery that's supposed to be like one of the best um, sci-fi novels like ever. Um, I haven't read that. So, yeah, I want to read Haunting of Hill House because I just love any of the Hill House, you know, in pop culture movies and shows and stuff. So I really want to read that. Well, you know, I read it because we talked about it back to like one of the episodes um but yeah no it is it's it's good it's weird though it's not what it wasn't what i was expecting yeah what's your number four number four for me is little women never read it yeah i have read that but it's been ages probably when i was in high school yeah um most of mine are self-explanatory they're classics the end Number three for me is House of Leaves because everybody always talks about how complex it is and how hard it is to read. And so that's why I find it intimidating, but I also do want to read it, but I'm just kind of scared to start it because it's so much commitment to trying to figure out what all of it means or whatever. Yeah. Um, So that's mine. What's your number three? Uh, Pride and Prejudice. Mm. I read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I haven't read either. I, I just don't like those style of books. I'm sorry. I know I'm a girl and I'm supposed to, but I don't like all of that. I don't like the movies either, like Sense and Sensibility and, you know. That I've watched of some of them and, like, I've watched Pride and Prejudice, mainly because it had Keira Knightley in it. Yeah. Like, I'll I'll watch most things in general if it's romance or romantic comedy. So, they got me. <laughs> Number two for you. The Wheel of Time series because it's been recommended to me like 8,000 times and that's just too much commitment. <laughs> <laughs> I've read like six of them. Justin's reading them right now and then the I think the Amazon series comes out soon and just watching the trailers I'm like damn I've already forgotten everything I've read of those six books because they're so big and there's so much going on like I would have to read one and then I'd read a couple other books and then I'd read the next one and it's probably been a good five years since I read the sixth book (laughs) so uh, I haven't finished them there's like 14 of them yeah see that's too much commitment for me I barely have but see but hey Hey, wait, you read the 13 True Blood books, right? Yeah. <laughs> or did you not finish them? <laughs> yeah, no, I read every single one of them. <laughs> it's just funny. It's like 14 books, no. 13 books, yes. Those are smaller books, though. They are smaller and they're, ju- they're read, not as flowery. Read, and they're so juicy that I could read one of those in like a day and a half or something. Yeah. I like those kind of books I they're could just read in one poppier. day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get it. It's just funny. Okay, what's your uh, number two? Number two. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. 
I have read that. It's really good. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to it. I think I actually it. had to read that in college, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember when I read it, but it I liked it. Um, I probably need to reread it. It's it's been a long time. My number one, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've read The Hobbit. Yeah, I've read all of it now. Yay me! Yay me! I just like everybody else talks about how tedious they are to get through, and I'm like, I don't know. I love Tolkien. <laughs> I love Tolkien, and I love Peter Jackson. And I it was a lot movie. of work. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I love um, stuff. And, and you know, like really, you know, people joke about how many endings there are in Return of the King, but there wasn't enough endings. There's like half the book is endings <laughs> reading Return of the King. It literally like the ring is thrown in at like fifty five percent of the book. Yeah. And the other forty five percent is the end. <laughs> so it's crazy. It but it's 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 good. It's still great. Um yeah, you should read them. If anything, listen to them, like while you're working or something. But why do that when you can watch TV? So never mind. Yeah. We usually just throw on a background TV show like Supernatural. We're already yeah. on season nine, I think. Yeah. Supernatural now. We just Justin and I have been watching Outlander, which is a book series I guess I need to read now. Um, but the first one if you need it to borrow. Yeah. Um, I bought like, it at a yard sale or something. Yeah, I chose Outlander just because I had heard a lot about it and it was time travel. So, of course, uh, I was not expecting all the things that go on in those <laughs> in the show. I'm on like season three now. Uh, it's intense, man. It's like every other episode, somebody's getting raped. Oh. And yeah, it's it's intense. Yeah, I don't know if I can handle that, but booty. I watched the first man on man rape. Yeah. He's thrown in there. I'm not sure. About the actors are so good, though. And the story's getting, like, more and more stupid as it goes on. And sometimes you care a little bit less about the main characters. It's the side characters that are better. But, I, you know, it's hard for me to just give up on stuff, you know? Yeah. Like We were just discussing whether to go back and rewatch. Because uh, we stopped watching Walking Dead, like, uh, like right before... Carl died, I think. I, th I didn't even sure. get that far. Yeah. I, I got know. to where they were in that place where they got locked in some, like, the truck beds. What are they called? Containers. Oh, yeah. That's as far that as I got. was a long-ass time ago. Anyway, <laughs> I know what you're talking about, and but yeah. it, that was a long time ago. I got yeah. to some of the Negan stuff, but I didn't. I didn't get to just, that for the I best. I it just kind of kept bumming me out. Because the, all the people I love are dead now. Like, yeah. it's like, mm. but we were talking about it. I said, if I watch it, we're going to have to start over because I just don't even remember half of the shit that happened. <laughs> like, the yeah. Netflix preview image right now is of Lori and Carl. And Carl was like, he looked like he was eight years old. I'm like, man, I don't remember him ever looking that young. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, well, how old was Carl when this started? Because I just really don't remember, honestly. It's been so long. Yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I just don't know. I never did my number one, did I? No, you didn't. Oh yeah. What dreams what dreams may come. 
Um, by Richard Matheson. And so I, I put that one as my number one because, yet again, I've owned it for a long time. And, you know, he, he wrote Somewhere in Time. He's the one that wrote I Am Legend or whatever the actual name of it is. Um, and And I'm like, I love What Dreams May Come, the movie, so much. And I'd love Somewhere in Time. And from what I remember about the movie of I Am Legend, it was something, I too. I had... I don't remember if I ever got around to watching the movie because I think I already knew from watching like a preview that it was way off from the book. So I think yeah. I kind of avoided it. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed the book of it too. Yeah. But yeah. It's just one that's that I actually didn't even just buy secondhand. I actually purchased that book because I wanted to read it and I still haven't done it. Um, so what are your honorable mentions? If you got any, I have a couple, all the Stephen King books that I haven't read. Because there's a lot that just I have read. I mean, it's just like, I didn't even want to take the time to list it. I was just like, yeah, some of them I can't, like, especially the compilation, the short story compilations. I've read most of them, but I couldn't tell you which ones I haven't read at this point. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. But like, pr- pretty much, I want to read all the Stephen King. I've read a lot of them, but there's still a ton more. And he keeps coming out with more. I'm like, I, I'll add it to the list, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've been plowing through a good bit, but instead of reading new ones, I'm just rereading Dark Tower. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to finish up the Oz books because I've read them throughout the years here and there. And I don't I probably have to start over because I honestly don't even remember which, yeah. what, where I was at in that series. Um, I know I re- at least read five or six of them, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's it for mine. Wave. Um, so my honorable mentions are Gone with the Wind. Again, I own it. Mm-hmm. Slaughterhouse Five, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, American Gods, because I know that you love it so much and yes. I haven't done it yet. I did at least read Stardust finally. Uh, and then Catcher in the Rye, because Justin says it's really good. So uh, lots of classics that I've just not gotten around to. Catcher in the Rye, I'm kind of torn on. It's well written. But it's one of those books that doesn't, there's not a lot happening in the book. Yeah. No, it's more of like a philosophical type of book. Kind of like, I'm trying to think, Bell Jar. How everybody loves Bell Jar, but when I read Bell Jar, I was bored to tears, okay? It is well written, but it's well written nothingness, okay? Like it's not, if you're going in expecting a narrative story then you're not going to find it in either of those books nice Um, all right well avoiding no i'll still get around to it but yeah that's well you know like a lot of people love fahrenheit 451 and i read it and i was just like eh yeah (laughs) it was just one of those like i think i just waited too long to read it and understand the the intensity of it you know yeah 1984 kind of the same situation i I, you know, it was interesting, disturbing, just one of those books that I'm just like, I should have liked this more, but I didn't. Yeah. I'm that way with a lot of classics, though, but I do, if you haven't read um, Oscar Wilde, uh, Dor- Picture of Dorian Gray is probably- Yeah, I read that one. I, I didn't like it. Really? <laughs> There's a lot of sexist stuff in it, but- um, yeah, a lot of homophobia or whatever, I feel like, too. Or not not even homophobia, just more like these characters should have obviously been written gay, but they just don't mention it. 
Well, it's because I don't of the think time. it's the time frame, but yeah, and Oscar Wilde was gay, so yeah, yeah. very gay. Um, <laughs> he was the gayest of gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love you're gay too. I just I don't know. It's really well written. The story was interesting, but I really just hated most of the characters, and I think that's what did it for me. It was so cool, but but then there was these long sections of like reading like when dorian gets really bored and just reads about the whole of history and it's explaining a lot it reminds me of like reading genesis so and so begat so and so and so and so begat so like there's just a whole section of the book that i'm like why am i still reading this um i guess (laughs) this is gonna sound really bougie of me but i've Dorian Gray is like the one book that I go to for like quotes about just about anything. <laughs> there yeah. are so many good quotes. And my favorite is behind every exquisite thing that existed, there was something tragic. Hmm. I, I just love that quote. It's, it's a good one, but it, it's full of good ones. Like uh, the whole, there's only one thing in the world worse than being talked about. And that is not being talked about. Like that kind of stuff. I, yeah. I just picture a gay man saying that too. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, it was. Yeah, I <laughs> Technically. Mean, so I, I just love that book. I can't explain to you. It's beautiful, beautifully written. You know, mm. I guess it's kind of the opposite. It's the same way I feel about Catcher in the Rye and stuff like that, except I guess I excuse that one. <laughs> for, the, for the for that same reason i don't know but all right i guess we need to end to, it what oh, okay bye Get folks. Out of here. tune in next time we'll have hopefully i don't know if we can top this story though i don't yeah. really don't i don't know one day i'll finish writing up the one i've been researching <laughs> yeah one please day. do i could use the break from from research myself yeah. if you ever have time yeah, one day. And I've assigned you stuff, too. I want you to do an episode about West Memphis 3 at some point, too. Mm, yes, I can do this. Because I feel like I'm not objective enough. And mm. yes, I feel like you could be more jacked about it than I can. Because yeah. I'm, I used to, like, live and breathe that fucking case. And yeah. I'm very passionate about it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. till next Goodbye. time. Bye. <laughs>